there are a lot of good people out there. So sometimes we get turned off by things that are in the news or whatever. There's just a lot of good people. And I, I know I can do this newsletter for the rest of my life because there's always good news happening. Uh, and that's my, my goal is to just help uh, make it more known and, and maybe drive some action as well. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Favorito, along with my co-host, Tom Richardson. And we're here to talk uh, again, as we do almost every week, about business of sports, media, entertainment, disruption, philanthropy, all different kinds of topics. So, Tom, welcome back for the beginning of the NBA and NHL season. Oh, man, what, what a week, Joe. And, and we yeah. are having this recording the show the day after the pretty rare occurrence of a sports equinox. Yes, the 22nd. And thanks, and thanks to Kendall Baker, who's... Yes thing I read every morning religiously because it's such a great I know I've mentioned this before but it's a great yeah. morning summary of the of the events from the night before if you if you can't see them all particularly these days because there's so much going on there will be another sports equinox two days from now on Sunday yeah, Sunday yeah if there's a game seven mm-hmm. in, the, okay. in the MLB series uh, uh, which one I guess the Boston Houston yeah. series right yeah. so and I think regardless there will be one next Thursday too the 29th. yes Right. And then we also had PGA Tour. So it's usually the four, they talk about the four big leagues, but we had PGA Tour, we had college football, and MLS, then we have MLS on Sunday. So NWSL, as he called it in the spirit of the competitive streaming services, he called it Equinox Sports Equinox Plus. Yes. Because so, <laughs> if you add the word, good, good add the symbol plus to anything, it's supposed to be better. So anyway, it costs you something. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's that's going to be a that's going to be a, a subscription based Equinox experience mm-hmm. uh, that we've never seen before. Anyway, Joe. Um, yeah. So lots of cool stuff going on, and mm-hmm. uh, we had a faculty meeting this week, and at least for myself, I got to meet a new faculty member. It's a great addition to the group here at Columbia. So why don't you introduce him? And really interesting story. We'll have an interesting yep. convo. And. Um... It is the 22nd of October when we're recording this. Most of you, everyone will be hearing this the week after. Um, so one of the things that's obviously come up and it has become more and more important is how sports relates to social responsibility and cause marketing and good things that are going on. And uh, our guest today, Saab Singh, he and I have known each other for quite a number of years. Um, Saab has been an educator at several places, including NYU, SUNY Farmingdale. As Tom mentioned, he will be joining our staff, uh, our faculty in the spring. But he also does some really amazing things around the the best things that go on in sports. He does a great newsletter on Sundays called Sports Doing Good. He's got an involvement with a bunch of other projects which are trying to give back and really instill philanthropy and champion the causes that some people may not know when they get lost in all the issues of today, uh, but we wanted to bring Saab on to talk about his career because he started in consulting and is now in education. So he went backwards, which is okay. Um, <laughs> but also about sports doing good. So Saab Singh, welcome to the Cusp Show. Thank you very much, Joe. And, and uh, thank you everyone uh, for the opportunity today. Looking forward to the opportunity at Columbia. Um, it's one of the reasons I you know, was you know, looking for that, such an opportunity. It's such a stellar group um, you know, at, at Columbia. Um, and the things that you do, including the podcast, is, is certainly something I've, uh, I've been a fan of. So thank you for the opportunity to participate today. So cool. good to have you. Let me just jump in with the first question, because an interesting 
question for people that got into teaching uh, after a, a business career, which we all have, uh, is what was that break? Like, how did that happen? And when you think about that first opportunity, there must have been a story around that, that it obviously led you on a new path that became very important to you professionally. Yeah, I mean, I just the, uh, you know, I started as an adjunct in 2005. And, you know, I was, uh, I was living in Los Angeles from 2000 to 2003. I'm originally from New York. I was born in the city, grew up on Long Island. Uh, but I was working for a consulting company uh, out in, in Los Angeles. And it just, you know, I always had the thought like one day, I, you know, I'd really like to teach. And I was kind of thinking kind of what Joe mentioned is doing it, you know, consulting and working and maybe work for one of the leagues and, you know, for a long time. And in maybe in the quote unquote last chapter of my career, I would uh, I would teach. But I, you know, so I just thought, you know, what, I, I wonder what the process is. So let me just reach out to some schools um and uh and see what i would need to do to even put myself in position to be considered uh and turns out uh, i had a chance at the with the university of san francisco um their sport management program they have a campus in la where i was um and it was around that time that actually i moved back to uh new york um again same thing reached out to schools went to um uh NYU was having one of its open houses for its program. And I, you know, I went in as not as a you know, prospective student, just wanted to be there as, to understand the program and talk to some folks there. And, uh, and then Jonathan Rosenberg, who was, I think, the program director at that point, um, I saw him, um, I think it was like a Monday night. And then Tuesday, it was some sports marketing. And I think the National Sports Marketing Network maybe had an event. And I went up to him, I was like, oh, you know, I was talking to the graduate folks last night and he, he said, we have a need, you know, we, uh, we're teaching a, a class uh, business plans and feasibility studies. And I was like, oh, I don't think I normally have good timing. This time I had good timing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, for the last three years I've written, you know, or read like a hundred business plans. And so, you know, and uh, mo a lot of them having to do with sports. And so in that week, it all happened within a week. And, and got that opportunity to teach. And so that was, yeah, I mean, that, that got me, you know, sort of in, in the door and then did that for five years and uh, same class uh, and then got to teach um, one semester uh, at St. John's. And, you know, during that time was working in consulting and uh, in market research. My ultimate move to Farmingdale and, you know, get everything, you know, out on the table, it, it partly came from a mistake that I made. Uh, I was working market working in market research. Uh, I really enjoyed the job. There was some maybe frustration with management, and uh, after about four and a half years, I was like, I, you know, I just I can't take it. I have to, you know, I just have to move. And I, it was always I always had this thought that it would be hard to look for a job while I had one because it just felt like you know what, not that I'm cheating, but I'm like, you know, I got to stay. I'm I'm fully committed to this place, and I want I want to make it work here and. So I ended up leaving at the end of two, really at the uh, the end of 2008, beginning of 2009, which was when the basically the market crashed. So not the best, you know, not the best timing. Um, and then I thought, well, if I try to get back, I'd love to do something with one of the teams or one of the leagues, especially. And um, you know, it it just wasn't it wasn't happening. So you know, looking at things that I had got, one of the things I had gotten into into when I was at uh, NYU was just the whole idea of social entrepreneurship. 
uh, I had gone to a conference, not, not sport related, just about the, the idea and was like, you know, th th you know, that's something that I've always been interested in this idea of doing, you know, from a business angle, doing things that could generate, you know, of course, you know, revenue and income, but, you know, some positivity in, in the, in the, uh, in the marketplace, whether that's more jobs or um, just things that were, you know, products and services that were open now to folks, maybe who didn't have access before. Um, so as that's really where it started, this idea of social entrepreneurship. And uh, I, I, you know, as you know, again, as and I still am in the learning phase, I'll, I'll never be out of it. But, you know, going through the learning phase, you know, kind of was like, wow, there are a lot of interesting things here. I haven't seen this written about. And I so I wrote ended up writing in about a year, two articles for uh, Sports Business Journal and, you know, got some good feedback on it. And folks, you know, saying, hey, you should um, you should create a blog for this. Uh, and at the time, I was not a fan of blogs. I thought there were too many. It was like, it just seems like everyone has one, but it was a good idea. And I was like, all right, you know, instead of it coming across a good article and saving it on my hard drive, uh, I'll post it and, and then just try, try to just have something for, for me, but, you know, for other folks as well, especially those who are trying to, you know, learn more about social entrepreneurship and philanthropy and things like that in an in, in overall setting, but especially sports. Um, and then once I started with, with farming, so then the opportunity with Farmingdale um, started, came up in 2010. The college was launching its uh, uh, undergraduate major in sport management, and we we're looking to hire two full-time folks. And so I think the experience teaching and certainly the industry experience, and, and at that point I had written, you know, 10 or 12 things for SBJ. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get the position at Farmingdale and, you know, and have been there since uh since 2010 um so but while this all was you know when especially when i started in 2010 um you know it's a lot of work as you guys know you know teaching one class let alone four uh, so i just i saw the blog approach that i was i was using was not really the most uh time effective uh and assume time efficient and, and not just effective in getting the information out there so I had been subscribing to newsletters and, and talked to a couple of folks, friends in the industry. I mean, Joe, I may have talked to you about it as well. Mm -hmm. And, yep. you know, the idea was, hey, you know, why don't you think about a newsletter? Um, you know, the, the multiple platforms that are out there that really make it easy for you. You can get more content out there in a quicker way. Uh, and that's where it started in, in 2012. And it's, you know, I've been doing it you know, since then, um, I think I've maybe missed one or two weekends. Uh, I do it. I started every week. I do it every two weeks now. Um, and it's really been, you know, a labor of love. Um, uh, it's just imagine, you know, sort of my job is to find good stories uh, and, you know, have to decide, you know, out of the many, you know, good stories I see, you know, to pick 10 to 15 to include uh, in the newsletter. So, uh, that's kind of how how it got started. Nice, Joe. It sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, how long is how long have you been doing at it? A really long time for the newsletter. For, it'll be yeah. fourteen years in November. How so, many? Fourteen years in November. Wow. Look at so, you guys. Very impressive. Um, yeah. Or stupid, depending on the. <laughs> uh, and once you start, um, it's hard to stop, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Saab. You know, one of the things obviously he touched on was showing up, and obviously doesn't show up for an event, maybe never meet somebody. And, you know, now we're starting to get back into hopefully 
a little bit more in-person events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, virtual events are, are good too, good ways to meet people. But um, what have been some of the more, uh, with, with sports doing good, what are some of the more amazing experiences or contacts that you've made in the time you've been doing it with so many people from around the world who you're trying to champion? Yeah. Um, you know, start off, you know, with you, Joe, you know, got to meet you. Um, I've also, well, that's not a good example. That's not a good example. Yeah. <laughs> you lead with your best. You lead with your best. Yeah. Um, and then look, you know, someone like Harry, you know, who was Harry a Baxt. former yep. student mm-hmm. um, and now is, you know, for a long time, friend and colleague, you know, and getting to see his development. Um, yeah, there, there have been so many people, you know, some that I've, you know, thankfully gotten to meet in person, but a lot, you know, via email and, and, uh, and some phone. And, um, you know, one of the you know, best folks I have gotten to meet and, and now do some um, work with is Kevin Martinez uh, over at ESPN, Corporate Citizenship. Um, and, you know, through Kevin, uh, I was, uh, he asked me a few years ago to be one of the judges for their, they were launching the Sports Humanitarian Awards. Mm. Um, so I've been doing that, um, you know, since the beginning, I think we're up at seven years. Um, and that's been a fantastic experience. And then through that, you know, getting to meet the other judges, um, you know, Eli Wolf, uh, who is at Northeastern and now is at Brown, Carol Stern, who's running UNICEF USA is now at the, the Walton Family Foundation. Um, you know, so just people, you know, involved with that, you know, getting to meet a lot of folks from nonprofits who are doing, you know, the heavy lifting. Uh, and I've, I have tremendous respect for them. You know, I, again, someone who studied business, I just have, you know, tremendous respect for entrepreneurs. In, and again, whether you're launching a company or launching a newsletter, if you're doing something that's adding to the marketplace, that, that's, a great, that's a great thing. And I know many of these people, at least, at least when it started, were doing two or three things at the same time. You know, to be able to, you know, get that to go to, uh, you know, gain traction in the marketplace. You know, one thing I learned doing the newsletters, wow, there are a lot of nonprofits in this country uh, and there's a lot of need, you know. So to try to find, you know, your space as a nonprofit, um, you know, can be difficult. So, you know, it, it fell in line with that, what I was thinking with the, the newsletter. The newsletter my intent from the beginning was not just to focus in on charity and philanthropy, which is a great, a part of, and we do, I do include a a fair number of those stories, but I wanted to be somewhat inclusive with respect to which stories that would be selected. So just things that people overcoming odds or doing something unusual. um, You know, I certainly wanted that to be part of the newsletter as well, but yeah, I mean, a good amount is just what people are doing in the U S around the world, utilizing sport, you know, to, to drive that change there. The organizations, you know, that I've come across, you know, beyond sport and sport and development, peace and sport, um, you know, just a lot of, you know, great efforts going on. So my hope, you know, and hopefully it's something that I can grow, but even in a small way, when I started, it was like, if I can get, I'll get them a little bit more attention just by, you know, maybe seeing, you know, getting it out to an audience that is not reading mm-hmm. the same things that I'm reading, then that's my goal. And, and cool. so that's, that's been the goal since the, uh, the very beginning. So Saab, uh, juggle two things here because I'll get to a point quickly. So, you know, like I said, we're here at the end of October. We've seen, you know, an explosion of Inez Cantor 
um, with Fred sure. Tibet this past week, which is right. again on the two-year anniversary, Tom, of of Daryl Morey uh, putting out his nefarious right. tweet, which you know the NBA now rips open a new uh, a new wound where. Uh, I was talking to a student who was literally working for a Chinese news outlet when Ines Cantor's shoes showed up and they immediately said, pull that off. We're not showing that anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Kyrie Irving. Um, you've got the issues with the NWSL. But those are those are kind of the, the controversial or political issues. Have you right. seen in the last 18 months, as you've uh, tried to put this together, um, a flood of positivity coming in or more stories coming in? Because cause and social responsibility have become so much more relevant now, or has it kind of leveled off and that's just, we're seeing kind of the best of the best? Um, you know what? No, I, I think it's the, the, the former. Um, I, I've seen an increase um, in the number of stories that would, you know, if I had to create sort of buckets of where the stories ended up, you know, since I've been doing the newsletter, it has increased in this area of sort of social activism you know, if if we want to call it that, and those are certain certainly those those things I will include uh, as well. You know, it's I'm not looking to make you know a political statement with the with the newsletter. I don't know. If, I mean, if you really studied all the articles I I've picked over the years, you probably you know can identify a leaning. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely like what we've seen over from a political standpoint. You know, I remember I've included multiple articles about last year, I, th I think about a year, year and a half ago, about the athletes from the WNBA, uh, their activism, especially from the Atlanta Dream, um, and coming together and, and trying to, to push forward. You know, they ended up, you know, pushing for a particular candidate, but they started out just pushing for voting. Um, and multiple athletes, obviously LeBron was involved in the idea of getting more people to vote. So, you know, it's been, for me, it's been a, a good thing uh, just more stories. It's stuff that uh, a lot of stuff that I believe in uh, as well. So, yeah. And I think it's going to continue. I mean, there may be a little leveling off, but I, I don't know. It, in, in a way, Joe, it's um, the controversial you know, topics that you mentioned. I don't know. Maybe I think, you know, controversy, controversy is always going to be there. And, and so hopefully there's that countervailing you know, education about what these topics are, you know, and through that education, you know, articles are being written. If I can feature an article that, you know, kind of speaks to the depth of the issue, you know, because there'll be a lot of stuff like I showed, you know, the same thing over the last 24 hour with Cantor, um, you know, that kind of speak, you know, really speaks to the issue, you know, and then that's something I'll include, you know, uh, in the newsletter. Saab, is there any specific story from the last few months? on the positive side that stands yeah. out to you? I should have, I, I was thinking of this. I was like, I should pick out a top five. Uh, that, or Joe, uh, I can, you know, you can, yeah. I'll, I'll ask it up Joe too. I mean, sir, yeah. there's so much focus as, as Joe pointed out on the negative stuff on a, it's just a drumbeat of negativity on, on many issues. Um, but as you said, there's lots of great stuff happening. It just doesn't get as much attention or oxygen in the press. So, Joe, can you think of anything recently? Yeah, I mean, particularly notable. I mean, I've seen, um, especially, right? I mean, I look at a thing like MLB athletes who are interested in climate change. And there was a story in the Times about that a couple of weeks ago. And I had never known, and I, ironically, um, a couple of the guys I actually knew, and I didn't realize that that, that that was something that they were interested in. And you never even think about really 
baseball and climate change and how it affects the game, you know, whether it's rainouts or the amount of equipment that's used um, and where that equipment comes from. I thought that was one that was really kind of unique and different. And I like the unique and different. Um, I think you're seeing more and more athletes involved in cause, especially around soccer. Um, I think, you know, the NFL loosening their, their kind of reins and let athletes talk a little bit more. I think, you know, one guy who always stands out to me, who always has something really interesting to say is Damian Lillard, you know, just this week named to the NBA 75. And he stood up there and said, look, you know, when the whole vaccination thing came up, he's like, I've been getting back. I come from a big family. I've been getting vaccines my entire life. I didn't ask what, what was in every one of them, but I trusted the science. And I think that's important. I think you're going to see more and more advancements. You know, there's a guy like Kelvin Beecham who played in New York for a while with the Jets is really involved in STEM. Uh, I think that's really interesting. And, you know, and I, I also think the fact that all the, 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 the issues that came up with the NWSL and the fact that the athletes have been able to rally and create a voice and work to try and in, invoke change in their own business is going to continue to be very important, whether it's women's athletes or men's athletes. Yeah, Tom, I just actually, if I could um, go on from what sure. Joe said, that's definitely, you know, the, so we, both by the way, we gave, so I spoke, Tom bridged it. So now Saab can go back to Google and grab five really quick. I, 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 like, I, I, I was like, I, I better check. <laughs> you saw me like, I was like, he's, yeah. he's going well, like, well done, Saab. That's how this podcast thank you. works, you know, real yeah, time, real you. time research. <laughs> you know what? It's, you know, part of it is, and that I really should have looked, it's, it's in a way because actually for future for you know what they say cocktail party talk i should have maybe five to ten ready to go because right. when people do ask you know it, I, there's just so many stories i love it i mean i yeah. you know between the different things and now videos and podcasts and things like that that i i'll include the newsletter it's kind of 20 news items every two weeks mm-hmm. so yeah are you kind of like in there have literally been thousands now over over the years, but you know I think what Joe mentioned is right on point. You know something that I have uh, looked at over the last uh, or seen over the last year year and a half definitely of women's sports. Um, you know, look, I, I think part of my nature, you know, just how I grew up and you know sort of my you know situation, you know, coming my parents were immigrants. Is I I very much have that you know that try to hold the flag high for for the underdog. Uh, and for those who maybe, um, you know, just have been underrepresented or the things that have been maybe in their way, whatever, whatever that's been, you know, physically in their way or financially in their way, or just, you know, society hasn't caught up, um, you know, to where it should be. Um, and so women's sports has been a big, big part of that. And I, I've included, you know, pieces, you know, I think I included a piece about a couple of years ago when the WNBA, um, came up with their new collective bargaining agreement um, and how it was, you know, just an, an amazing example, at least, at least what, from what you can read of the players and, and management coming together to get what each side wanted. But then looking at it, it as like, this is a line in the sand for us to really get this league at the next level uh, to take it to the next level. So, you know, things like that, certainly, you know, of interest. Um, and the other thing I would say, I'm a, I'm a, a very big fan um, you know, of the always have been of the Olympic Games. Um, I definitely understood the concern about about having them, um, you know, this year about hosting them at all. Um, but you know, it's part of the reason I wanted to get into sports. I was an undergrad at Georgetown, and you know, the two things I was really interested in were sports 
and kind of international relations. And the only thing that really stood out for me was the Olympics. I was like, I don't know if I can find a job in sports and international relations, but maybe the Olympics. Um, so I really am a believer in the, in the pillars that uh, uphold the movement, you know, in a, uh, in a good way. And one of the things that I've seen that's been able to, from a sportsman standpoint, sportswoman standpoint, been very, you know, sort of impressive. Uh, but then also from sort of a bigger issue standpoint is what the IOC has done with the refugee team, you know, allowing yeah. those athletes who truly are in a way don't have a home and, you know, are, have worked so hard to get where they are and to be a participant, forget out the medals, even like to be a participant in the Olympic games, you know, be part of that community mm -hmm. and for the IOC to find them and, and then give them an opportunity to participate. And then it brings attention onto the, the refugee issue, which is, obviously in this you know the today still if not even more a major major issue sort of a, a, an issue that definitely needs more attention so i would say th things like that you know again it's it's that little bit of that underdog feel uh to it um and folks just being able to sort of break out and somehow make themselves themselves known or their the issue that they're advocating for known you know so two other quick ones i i thought of as sab was talking uh, one, which I'm hoping we're going to do a podcast about this soon when we get one of these guys or one of these women, is the continued expansion of Indigenous athletes and how that is impacting uh, young people leaving a reservation and, and aspiring to whether it's going to prep school or college or eventually playing professional like Lyle Thompson um, and how that's changed and the amazing story of you know the Irish national lacrosse team giving up yeah. their spot for the world championships next year to the Iroquois national team with the hope eventually that maybe when we get, and we'll talk about this when we do an Olympics one in the future, but maybe if Olympics, if lacrosse becomes an Olympic trial sport in 2028, that the Iroquois national team would actually be able to play as a nation like they've done with the refugees, which would be really changing. And then the other one, and frankly, so I, this is a Friday when we're recording this. I heard this yesterday. Um, uh, my friend Frank Brown, who was at the NHL for a long time, is at the Venues Now conference. And Tim Lawicki was speaking yesterday, you know, the ultimate entrepreneur, always looking to figure out what's going to be next. Right. But he said the new arena that the Kraken will be playing in, which opens this coming weekend, and, and everybody will have seen their first game there um, by the time you listen to this. His thought was, we've built an arena that is not just going to be a place where people gather but it's going to make them think about how to be a better person and a better person of the environment because of everything that's going on with climate. I think it's climate change arena. That's what they, the, the oh, name I think is it climate change or climate pledge, climate pledge arena. Right. That's yeah, what it yeah, is. So yeah. that's literally the name. Wow. That's the name I, of it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. So do they do all that before or after they go to the sports book and gamble? Uh, they actually they go and bet on which which climate <laughs> issue is going. Right. Oh no, climate no, disaster. No, no. <laughs> the over under on the next climate yeah. disaster. Oh no, oh, yeah, sorry. You and can't look, go and, there. And everybody oh. knows, you know, the Lewicki brothers have done an amazing thing on the yeah. business side of sports. But yeah. um, you know, being able to work in a community like Seattle, it seems like that this is hopefully going to be something that makes people think, other than just coming in and you know spending fifteen dollars on a beer that maybe they can recycle the cup. So, yeah. You know what yeah. I was going to mention, guys, one that I know you both uh, know about, I'm sure have included in your respective newsletters and, and, and discussions 
is the the fact that 2021 will will likely be remembered as the year that mental health became yes. a subject to be discussed in the world of yep. sports and yep. between the Simone Biles story uh, in the Summer Olympics and then of course Naomi Osaka uh, and even stuff in other sports which we're all aware of because there have been some really high profile stories the, the stigma around this discussion seems to have finally faded largely faded away I know it's not completely gone. Uh, but that to me is obviously really important. Cause you think of the profile of a lot of these athletes, particularly the two I just mentioned, mm. you can see how influential the, the honesty and authenticity around these discussions, um, would be for lots of people that might be having similar challenges. For sure. Yeah. And Tom, I think that's, I think that's a great point. You're absolutely right. It's something that I've been seeing over the last several years and, 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 and a couple of things, um, you know, what, uh, you know, people have talked about, um, you know, how sports fits as kind of a bigger discussion, but how sports fits in society. And sometimes, you know, they say sports is a reflection of society. Sometimes they say society is a reflection of sports in terms of who's driving whom. And, you know, I think what it, what it, whoever you want to say is coming first, but this is definitely a situation where, the, the role of the athlete and, you know, obviously involuntary. I mean, again, Simone Miles doesn't want to have, you know, these, these challenges that she's facing right now, but the, the way that she's approached it, you know, has brought, like you said, tremendous amount of attention to the matter and is definitely made, made it part of the mainstream discussion. You know, it, it was a rare, a rarity to see something to talk about, especially, right. Especially with athletes and athletes talked about it. I think maybe, I don't know if it was the first story I, I included regarding mental health, but it was definitely one that really stood out was when um, uh, Kevin Love, I think, you know, penned mm -hmm. something in the Players' Tribune. Right. Yep. And, you know, and then we, you know, look, we've all either ourselves or family or friends, you know, know even people in, in that type of situation. And, you know, I was, you know, I still am a Kevin Love basketball fan. And I was like, wow, this really, in, in a few ways, this was for him to be, you know, so honest about that. Again, a good thing for me is, you know, that I would include was the fact he did it at the Players' Tribune. You know, it's just like, hey, I have something to say. And, oh, my God, there's a form for me to say it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that was that was one of the stories. But you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's something didn't, I think I, it was either this morning or yesterday, you know, where, you know, Ben Simmons said, you know, he's like not mentally ready to play. And I don't, we, you know, we don't know the details, everything what's going, going on there. But I think the fact that what's happened over the past year, a lot more people are there to go, okay, wait a second. There, there may be something here. Right. You know, I mean, he did, he did exactly. specifically use that phrase mentally ready, correct? As right. I read it. I believe so. Yeah. 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 Certainly financially ready. So well, that's not an issue. yeah, so. I mean, this this could be, I guess, a bigger topic of uh, mm -hmm. athletes in these situations mm -hmm. related to team play, because, you know, whether it's Kyrie and the vaccination situation with the Nets or Ben in uh, Philadelphia right now, um, what's what's unfortunate is that some of these positive stories, unfortunately, get turned into negative things. So like when Simone Biles was you know, kind of getting viciously attacked on social media for betraying her country. And I mean, just the, the horrible things that were being said in the aftermath of this. And what's interesting to me, guys, and you can both can appreciate this, both as communicators, newsletter guys, and teachers, is that 
in this age of communication where authenticity is key, the performative art of lots of social media where things are always great and things are always wonderful and things always look good is a, a problem sometimes because people are not being honest and not truly authentic with what's going on with their situations. And I agree with Saab and I know Joe and I have talked about this before with Players Tribune to give the players an opportunity, whether it's through podcasting or Players Tribune or just even their own Twitter account, whatever, to actually let it out and be honest. It's got to be a good step forward, understanding that there's going to be some negative on the other side because there always will yeah. be. Yeah. And, and you know, the difference between advertorial and editorial, but you now the beauty of social media is it's given people and you know, a path to tell their story should they choose to do it. And will there be blowback? Yes, sometimes, but it, it's very clear to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, I don't want to, before we get to the end, I don't want to kind of dwell on all the Kyrie Irving stuff, but one of the, the better quotes this week was from Andrew Brandt, uh, Villanova law professor, longtime NFL executive. And he said, you know, Kyrie Irving, every time I read or hear him, he's well-spoken, thoughtful, but I can never figure out what his message is. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the third piece of it is figuring out, you know, whether you're talking about flat earth or, or why you don't want to uh, get a vaccine, as long as you're articulate, but you actually make sense, that's important as opposed to just kind of saying things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, uh, so let me, sorry, I was going to just, um, I, I want to ask Saab one question before we get into the, to the wrap up um, about teaching. Yeah, so, just stole my idea. That's actually oh, what I'm cool. Doing. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I have a really specific question just to, sure. to, to open it up, which is this. And Joe and I have our own opinions on this, I'm sure. Okay. What is your most favorite thing about teaching and what is your least favorite? Great question. <laughs> I, I, I know we didn't I... give you warning, so I know you're going to improvise an answer, but you've been doing this no for a Googling. long time. So Stop, no you... Googling. All right, no Hang Googling on. and no checking my hard drive. Uh, I used to get that question regarding uh, consulting. And I used to say, what's the best part of the job? And I said, the clients. And what's the worst part of the job? And I said, the clients. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that here because... Uh, I do, I do think, you know, I think the best part of it, uh, and it's kind of why I wanted to get into it at least at some point, um, is just the sharing of knowledge, you know, of experience. Um, you know, I, I do love sports and, and, and even the sports business, you know, part of it, you know, and so, but the idea of to share that, um, what I know and to learn and to learn as well. I mean, I, I know both of you guys must, you know, when you have a really robust conversation in class, I walk out that like, I think I learned something, you know, someone's perspective or just a new idea to hear something they read that I didn't read and something comes up. So yeah, I, it, it is the student. It's the student and the student's potential. Those are the two things because, the, you know, again, even if they're grad students, they have most of their career in front of them. And, you know, I, I get excited by the, the, the possibilities that are there. You know, what, what's the, the most frustrating thing? You know, I, it, this one thing is not so much the case of where I teach because we're a state school. And, um, you know, I think overall we're, you know, very affordable. You know, again, I, I went to Georgetown. I love Georgetown. You know, I, I see I do interviewing for the school and I look at the price tag and I just was like, wow, this is I know there are a lot of scholarships and things like that. But I think the worst thing for society is for someone who has the capability not to have the opportunity. 
And that's yeah. that's bad for not just the person, it's bad for, for us as well. And again, in doing the newsletter, there's there've been so many instances of that I think I featured just maybe subconsciously is just that someone getting the opportunity. That's what gets featured because they've had the capability, but they just haven't had the forum, they haven't had the mentorship, any of those things. Uh, and then when they even got a little of it, they were able to achieve something. So I think that, you know, again, it's, and you can, I, you know, I would say it's, it's an element of, even though I don't have any kids, I have a lot of friends who have kids and, you know, they tell me about their youth sports experiences. And, and I think back to when I was a kid and played and it's like, wow, it's really expensive to be a competitive athlete these days. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure to do it. So um, I think accessibility is an issue that I would, I would love to see continually addressed. And again, on an, from education, from sports to employment, whatever, but we're doing, I think we do a lot of, a lot of great stuff in this country with getting people ready in terms of capability. Um, I, we can do, we can still do better there as well, but the, the opportunity is, I think the thing that uh, I'd certainly like to see, you know, further developed. I know Joe, I, Joe, I know your answer for the favorite part, which is the administrative paperwork that's required. <laughs> Yeah, and the parking. The parking is great. Too. Right, parking is number two. <laughs> right, right. Um, hey, um, Sasab, we wrap up uh, our podcast with two questions, and one okay. is really pertinent to you because of all the places that you go to put together this newsletter. So, how do you stay up to date? What tools do you use? And then, you know, from someone who's been on the consulting side, now been in the education side for a long time, what's when, when those people transitioning or looking for a first job come to you, what do you tell them as advice? Uh, if they're getting a first job in industry? Anything. Or first yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll take to in terms of, you know, where, uh, you know, I get the, um, I get the stories. Um, you know, what, I, you know, one thing I, Joe, Joe, that I had never done purposely was, you know, set up anything in Google or any other search um, that, sent me stories i had never set set up a you know sort of a search uh like you know um obstacle you know slash sports like you know i just never i never did that because i i wanted the experience of coming across an article to be yeah a little bit of a surprise so i i you know and again i hit some of the major places um you know things that i like to read the new york times the espn si um but I, you know i i just have um you know, I don't even know how it got set up on my computer, but I get the the uh, the pop up is um, I think it's called narrative or narratively, and they just give me like twelve different completely random you know stories. It just comes up really? every time I log in, and it's once every maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks they have something that's re that's sport related. But I'll tell you, look, I, I I was really surprised. I think I've I've featured three stories from Vogue this year. Right. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I would have ever thought Vogue. I've, I've had a couple of GQ stories uh, as well. But look, some of it I get, Joe, you know, if, if not the actual uh, article, the, the topic I, you know, I learned from your newsletter. So I'm, you know, I'm still a consumer of, of newsletters, you know, in, from different areas. So um, I, I some social media, Twitter and, and Facebook, definitely. A one, you know, one that I said, I think that's really become more popular for me where I'm there every day now is LinkedIn. You know, the mm -hmm. feeds that I get from, and it is, I think it's great. Here's work that folks are doing and they want others to know about it. And 
those are those are ripe for me to to use. So that's where I, I definitely say in the last year, um, LinkedIn has been definitely one of the the more common sources. And then same idea with with video and 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 podcast. I'm as I've become more um, sort of open and uh, aware of the various podcasts that are out there. Um, yeah, I've started. I've started to include that as well. I do get, you know, some stories. Uh, not a huge, not a big percentage, but I do get stories. People just sending stuff in, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I think this would be good for your newsletter." And for some reason, if it doesn't end up in the newsletter, you know, we do have a Twitter account and Facebook. So, you know, if, if I can find a home for it, you know, in some way, I'll try mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, well, and and re- regarding yeah, yeah, and regarding the you know advice, you know, from. I'll, you know, both going into, I get asked, I'll, I'll say about how to you know, get into teaching because I've had friends ask about, oh, you know, I don't know if they want to do full-time or more often it's about, hey, how do I even, be, you know, being an adjunct part-time because they have a lot of, you know, great expertise and experience to offer. And I said, the way that I thought to do it, uh, and this is my suggestion to them is I said, you know, if there's a particular school that you have in mind or schools or area, I go contact them and don't even ask them so much about, Hey, I want to be an adjunct at your, at your school Just say, or do this again. We have the internet now, right? Research who the professors are. One of the best things that you can do is give a professor some quote unquote free content, Mm -hmm. right? And say that, Hey, this is an expertise I have because it's true. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this. I, I definitely, I see this at the undergraduate level. They really seem to take when they hear from someone in the industry. So I could say the same thing as that person but it carries a little bit more weight. So if you're someone from the industry and say, hey, can I help you out? I'd be happy to do a guest, guest talk regarding facility security. It's like, okay, yeah. Does this person teaches sport facility management? This would be a great opportunity to have someone come in. And now with, you know, with video conferencing and you know, Zoom and things like that, it's much, it's much easier. Um, you know, Cause I can tell you, you know, being at Farmingdale to have someone come out it really is kind of a half day commitment. That's a lot to ask of, you know, even a best friend, um, you know, now it's, you know, you do it remotely and, you know, it's not something even, I think it's good for the professor because not only, you know, it's not that you have to commit seven, you know, our classes are 75 minutes. It's not that you have to commit 75 minutes to the guest speaker either. Maybe the be- you want the guest speaker for 20 minutes. And so the way that you do it is by having you know, them at their office and, you stop your lecture or whatever you're doing, let them talk for 20 minutes and then, you know, speak afterwards. So with, so regarding getting into teaching, you know, just make yourself available, right. And, and then work with the folks and doing that in terms of consulting, you know, it was, um, I tell the students, um, you know, definitely be aware, uh, you know, of, in your classes, you know, work hard in your classes, I think one thing that I've seen I, that I'd like to see the students be a little bit better at um, is, you know, current events, you know, understanding that, okay, not only did, so not only knowing something happened, but then actually reading the article and making, you know, the three to five minute commitment and about learning about that subject in a larger context. And a lot of stories will do that from the best, you know, uh, publishers, best media outlets. Um, and so, and then have, have a skill that you can, that you can get. And if that skill is working your ass off, then that's, then that's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. when I talk to folks in industry, uh, and you know, like it's, it's still like some, I need someone I can trust and I need someone who I can, who works really hard. 
That's what I cool. need when, when someone's starting out. And if they have that knowledge, fantastic. And that's, we're there at, at, at school to help them you know, take in that knowledge and also create a thirst for that, uh, for them to have a thirst for more knowledge uh, throughout their career. Great. Um, and then of course, the last question, Saab, is how do people find Sports Doing Good? Where should they follow? Have they signed up for the newsletter? Where do they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I'm actually, you know, working on uh, redoing the site. So the, the normally the site is sportsdoinggood.com. So, but give me a little bit of time and, and so, to get that ready. But we're at Twitter, at Sports Doing Good. That's a good place to do that. Um, and uh, on Facebook as well, Sports Doing Good is the page. Uh, and you can reach me anytime uh, at Saab, S-A-B, at Sports Doing Good. Cool. Well, great. Great stuff. And uh, okay. you know, I think uh, not just our students, but the students at Farmingdale and some of the people that you touch by getting the good news out there, you know, there's more and more that's coming and hopefully you get more proactive outreach and, you know, part of a community that we certainly need to continue to grow. So Saab Singh, um, you know, welcome to Columbia for next semester. Thank you very much. More importantly, uh, welcome to the CUSP show and thank you for, you know, for pushing out the better of, of what we have versus kind of the dreck. Thank you. And if I could just, you know, say in closing, thank you very much. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the Columbia opportunity uh, and I'm just excited for, you know, knowing people like you guys. It's there are a lot of, and Joe, you asked kind of, without even saying specific names, there are a lot of good people out there. So mm -hmm. sometimes we get turned sure. off by things that are in the news or whatever. There's just a lot of good people. And I, I know I can do this newsletter for the rest of my life because there's always good news happening. Uh, and that's my, my goal is to just help uh, make it more known and, and maybe drive some action as well. So thank you again for the opportunity, guys. Yeah, thank you, Saab. Really terrific conversation and looking forward to meeting you in person soon up in Morningside okay. Heights. Yeah. You got it. Okay, cool. Well, once again, this has been another edition of The Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito for our guest, Saab Singh, our producer, Ben Walsh, and Taylor DiBernardo today. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito. My co-host, Tom Richardson, we will see you down the road. If you guys think you're going to outswag me and Joe based on our backgrounds, you're, <laughs> Don't not, try even it. Be, Don't you're, try. Not, you're not even going to be close. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.